Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Corinthians. Today is episode 427. Looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 2 through 6. Let's read our passage. Now I praise you because you remember me in everything and hold fast to the traditions just as I delivered them to you. But I want you to know that Christ is the head of every man and the man is the head of the woman and God is the head of Christ. Every man who prays or prophesies with something on his head dishonors his head. Every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head since that is one and the same as having her head shaved. For if a woman doesn't cover her head, then she should have her hair cut off. But if it is disgraceful for a woman to have her hair cut off, or her head shaved, let her head be covered. This is Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth, a church he founded five years earlier on his second missionary journey. He's in Ephesus now on his third missionary journey, and he's writing this letter to the church in Corinth. He's heard stories of trouble in the church, of the factions and divisions and infighting. He's heard stories of blatant immorality in the church, and he's answering some of their questions. He's finished dealing with the issues of marriage and the issue of participating in the pagan worship feasts. Now he's starting a new section. This section is dealing with public worship, and his primary issue is with order, and good conduct in the public worship setting, that people don't go getting crazy and flaunting their freedom in Christ, just as they were flaunting their freedom and some other things. He says, okay, now good order and getting along in unity is the important thing here when you gather for public worship. The first part begins here in chapter 11, verses 2 through 16. And this is the section that talks about women's head coverings when praying or prophesying in public worship. Then he's going to talk about the Lord's Supper, specifically the abuse of poor people in celebrating the Lord's Supper. That'll be in chapter 11, 17 through 34. Then he's going to talk about the abuse of speaking in tongues in the assembly as they're gathered for public worship. That'll be chapters 12 through 14. There's a lot of questions about this section. Is this from their letter? The, the clues he gives now about this the, in some of the other areas, he, he doesn't have that here. So it seems like maybe this isn't coming from their letter, in which case, well, what's the source of it? And the bottom line is, we don't know. And there's a lot of textual challenges here. This is a hard section to determine how it fits together and how it flows. There's questions about his logical flow. Not to say he's illogical, but what his specific points are determines how you break up the various sentences and put them together as to what's amplifying what. So his logical flow is, uh, there's questions about it. There's questions about the meaning of some of the crucial words in this section. What does he actually mean? And then there's a big lack of knowledge about some of the cultural norms in the society at large at this time and in the churches at this time. So all that put together means we have to have a lot of humility in dealing with this. There's a whole lot here we do know, 
but there's a lot we flat just don't know about this. So we've got to be real careful about drawing too much out of this. Let's draw what's important. And some of the other stuff, like I said, it's got to be a lot of humility here before we say this is what this means. The Corinthians knew what he meant. So they were the ones in the midst of this. So there's no question to them what the issue is. But for us, looking back 2,000 years later, we got to be real careful as we look at this. Now he's talking about head coverings, or at least he seems to be talking about head coverings. And one of the things we've got to remember is head is used in two ways here. Head is used in a literal sense, uh, the top of your body, the thing with, head, with hair on it is your head. And so he talks about head in that way, in the literal sense. But he also talks about head in a metaphorical sense. He talks about Christ being the head of men. And even there, are some, we, we all recognize that it's metaphorical, but in what manner? Does head mean an issue of authority? Or does it mean more an issue of source? Some would argue that just as you have the head waters of a river, that Christ being the head means he's the source of things. Others say no. It, by head means like the head of an organization. You're talking about authority. So even in these issues, we've got to be real careful because uh, sometimes you take a particular one of these and it maybe doesn't match all the way through. So one thing is we don't know what the cultural norms are and we're not entirely sure of some of the ways these words are used. So a lot of humility is called for as we look at this. But there's a lot we do know. Like the bottom line, we know there's a problem. There's a problem with some of the women in the church, and they're acting in a shameful way in public worship. So that's the bottom line on this. And through it all, spoiler alert, Paul's instruction is don't do that. Don't act in a shameful way in public worship. So that's the big takeaway. Now, the specifics, what actually is going on? Well, we need to be a little careful there. So verse 2, he says, Now I praise you because you remember me in everything and hold fast to the traditions just as I delivered them to you. Questions are, how does he know they're holding fast to the traditions? What actually is he talking about? Because nowhere does he ever say, way to go, Corinthians. Everywhere he's addressing things, it's, it's correction. You're doing that wrong. You're doing that wrong. You're doing that wrong. So what is really behind this statement here, hard to say, but he does say, I praise you. Now, interesting, later on, he'll say, in this area, I don't praise you. So remember that statement here in verse two and in verse three, but, so yes, you, uh, you remember me and hold fast traditions, but, but I want you to know that Christ is the head of every man and the man is the head of the woman and God is the head of Christ. Obviously, we're talking metaphorical language here. Now, whether he's talking source, authority, I kind of lean with the authority, but I'm, again, going to throw a whole heap and dose of humility on that. That's where I lean, but I'm not going to say that's the way it is. He's talking here about roles, roles that we each play, and that there are differences between men and women. And that's really the bottom line on this, because I think that's the whole issue here 
is people pushing the differences between men and women. And men and women are different. Equal in Christ? Absolutely. But still different. It goes on. Verse 4. This is where we start getting into the, the meat of it here. Every man who prays or prophesies with something on his head dishonors his head. That's where we got to work through this carefully. Talking about praying and prophesying, he's talking about public worship here. He's talking about actively participating publicly and specifically seemingly taking on leadership position in public worship. Now this something on his head, the literal translation of the Greek phrase is having down the head. And so that's where we've got to be real careful. Some say that means long hair. Well, it doesn't fit in some other places. So kind of in looking at some other Greek texts where that phrase is used, one person talked about running away with his toga, having down the head, meaning he covered his head with his toga so nobody would see him. So phrases like that seem best to understand. It does actually mean something on his head, something covering his head. But remember, the, the literal words are having down the head. So we're there. It's, we've got to be real careful. What's he talking about here? Well, something on his head. This is a literal. Something on his noggin, the top of his body. Dishonors his head. Now, is he talking about dishonoring the noggin, the, the top of your body, or dishonoring Christ? Because Christ, he says, is the head of the man. Well, the context that fits is, yeah, he's talking Christ here. So if a man prays or prophesies in public worship with something covering his head, that's dishonoring to Christ. Now, he just kind of throws that out as a, nobody would argue with that. So that's not the main point. He's just throwing that out as uh, everybody would agree with that. Now, what's the theological basis for this? doesn't seem to be one. It seems to be a cultural issue that men covering their head was not normal, was bizarre. And so it would, acting bizarre in public worship would bring dishonor on Christ. Now, contrast in verse 5, similar language. Every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, since that is one and the same as having her head shaved. Now, here there's not a Big question in the Greek words, uncovered just means that, uncovered. Some think, okay, well, you might mean the hair undone and hanging down, but it doesn't fit with later on in the chapter. But notice, he's not saying women can't pray or prophesy in public worship. And nowhere does he hint that. What he says is, pray or prophesy with her head uncovered. And he doesn't give a theological basis for this, and it's hard to really find one. What the best understanding of this is, you're talking a cultural issue. And that cultural issue being the distinctions between men and women. So, woman prays or prophesies with her head uncovered, dishonors her head, since that's one of the same as having her head shaved. So, what he's saying here is that's shameful. Because the best way to simplify this is that's acting like a man, looking like a man, and presenting yourself like a man. And it's shameful 
and it dishonors her head. Now, obviously, the same thing is looking at verse 4, where the head of man is Christ. Here he's talking about dishonors man. Now, is he talking about men in general in that she's dishonoring gender distinctions or specifically her husband? Well, can't really say for sure. So but what we do know is by doing this, she's acting shameful and bringing dishonor on something in the realm of gender relationships. And what he says is that would be the same as having your head shaved. And that, apparently, there would be no argument from anybody. That would be a shameful thing. That would be unthinkable thing. Verse 6, for if a woman doesn't cover her head, she should have her hair cut off. But if it's disgraceful for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved, let her head be covered. So, we're talking cultural issues here. It's not a, thus saith the Lord, evermore and forever in every place women shall cover their head when they're in public worship. Now, he's talking about the cultural norms at the time, and it has to do more with gender distinctions. Now, remember back when we started chapter 7, we talked about these eschatological women. Remember, eschatology is the study of end times. And there was seemed to be a group of women in Corinth that people have given the, the title eschatological women, and that they were so convinced that they were in the end times and that they had actually been spiritually resurrected. And one of the things they were doing was they were abandoning their marriages because now they've been spiritually resurrected. They're like angels, and angels don't marry, so they were abandoning their husbands and abandoning their marriages. And another issue with angels, angels don't have gender. So they're, just as they were saying, they were too spiritual for marriage. Perhaps the same group of women are saying, and we're too spiritual for gender distinctions, like angels. And so they're doing things that are, are shameful in that they're presenting themselves like men in appearance. And Paul says, it shouldn't work that way. That's, that's a shameful thing. And that brings dishonor to the congregation. So there's a lot of speculation here, but I like that storyline. It seems to fit best. The clear takeaways are, there's some group of women in the church, and they're doing something that's just downright shameful. And it has to do with their head. Is it specifically their hair or coverings on their head? It has to do, whatever it is, it's a cultural thing they're doing in a shameful way. And Paul's concern is acting shamefully in public worship. That's dishonoring, dishonorable. And he'll go on to describe it more as we uh, go over the next few sessions of amplifying this. The big takeaway, don't be acting crazy in public worship because that just brings dishonor to yourself, to the congregation, and to the Lord. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 Corinthians.